Good evening, listeners, and uh, welcome to our wonderful episode episode of uh, Music, Movies, and Madness. This year we are hitting 1966. We set a challenge this week. We thought we weren't, weren't allowed to choose anything with a B because uh, 1966 had a lot of B bands in there, right? Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. Beatles, um, who else Beach was with Boys. a B? Beach Boys, yes. The birds, I think that the birds have one in there. Yeah. So that was quite tough because we have a couple of uh, Beatle mania um, guys on the show here. So especially Dave. <laughs> although, is- although, although Dave dropped the massive clangor at the end of the last show, which is oh, he did. Not, he doesn't really like Revolver. Revolver. I, I don't no. understand why that's a yeah. clanger. Why is it a clanger? Uh, it's well, because you're wrong. A clanger. Oh, okay. Bombshell it is. 1966, uh, the year that rock and roll morphed to rock. What do you think about that? Mm. Is it really? I don't know. Okay. What do you think? Rock and roll morphed into rock. It was definitely getting a little bit more rocky, I think. I, think it was, I thought it was just a huge like blues explosion because you had like... But, yeah, it just seems to be tons of like blues albums that year, like Paul Butterfield and and Cream and and, and Eric Clapton. Yeah. And... Correct. Yeah, a lot of blues on the scene. Yep. Uh, it was the year that the forty-five single yielded to the thirty-three and a third RPM long-playing album. There you go. How about that? I did not know that. Any takers for the first? Going first with the movies, show of hands, who wants to go first? No. All right. Right, oh, Martin. Go- <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Martin. I put Martin's my hand up, listeners. Put my hand up, <laughs> listeners, and then he goes, oh, I'm Martin. All right. Go, Martin. 1966. Um, well, because we took B off the table, I couldn't do Batman. So no. that, was, that was a... Damn. Damn. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. Um, was it the first Batman by Yeah, Turner? the the proper, you know, Adam West. <laughs> yeah. Adam West Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Batman. Henry, so that was a good start. Good start. Like Jingo. Yeah. yeah. I'd seen the TV yeah. show. I didn't know there was a movie. The movie is fantastic. Yeah. Why? Right. Why it's is it just, fantastic? It's just brilliantly funny. It's just like it's, it's as camp as camp can be. Camper even than Flash Gordon was. <laughs> but no. Just um, <laughs> is it possible. It's just full of these brilliant one-liners. Um, there's a whole scene at the end of it where he's running around with like an old, you know, literally like a a, a Bugs Bunny or a Wiley e. Coyote bomb, like <laughs> running around in the dockyard <laughs> trying to find somewhere to get rid of this bomb with a little wick coming down at the top with the, the flank of it. And he just turns to the oh. camera and goes, sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> and it's like, like throwing it in the harbour. <laughs> Killing a whale or something, but yeah, uh, it's just a film. But anyway, can't do that film. I couldn't do that film. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. Um, I did a sci-fi film because you know, mm. it's what you do, right? Um, I went with um, Fantastic Voyage. Now, have you any of you seen Fantastic Voyage? No, it's a really cool um, David Bowie song. No. Right. So, do any of no. you see no. the? Uh, the 80s movie Inner Space. I've heard Spielberg. of it, but I haven't seen it. 
Okay. Yeah. Right. So the idea behind it is basically it's about people being miniaturized and then put inside another person. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, man. Freaky. Um, yeah. Oh, you mean like the COVID vaccine? vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just the early stages of anti-vaccine. Um, no, so basically the story revolves around a scientist who, who um, develops a brain clot after um, being uh, a car that he's in being smashed into by spies trying to steal a, a a formula for miniaturization which he has in his head but due to this car crash he ends up with a blank brain clot and they, an inoperable brain clot uh, and they have someone in the uh, american intelligence has the smart idea of like well why don't we put four people into a submarine shrink it down and inject it into his neck because <laughs> you know maybe they can get in there and like get to the brain clot and blitz it basically with a with a laser because <laughs> it had to have a laser in it that's what um that's what you do yeah um the film actually is <laughs> as cheesy as it sounds it's actually not bad <laughs> um it's it's got like a crazy score like ron tomatoes it's got like a 97 percent hit rate or something on, on on there it's it's insane wow. um it's cheesy as um and the special effects definitely haven't aged too well, but there are some cool, you know, if you ever seen like, you know, one, you know, think of the atypical sixties, like sci-fi thing, you know, with spongy sets and, you know, men in rubber suits and stuff like that. It's kind of like that special effects wise. It's, it's very kind of dodgy, but at the time it was made, it was the most expensive sci-fi movie ever made at three million dollars yeah wow <laughs> um that's yeah. a lot of money in 66 66 it was a lot of money. question for martin how does it stack up to avatar way of water um there's no blue people in it there are some white blood cells oh yeah. <laughs> uh, they got, some something, got something right um and it does start <laughs> um it's got some eye candy as well there's record welches in it um, no way. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, like, I don't know if it was a contractual thing with her, but there seems to be like four or five shots in the movie that literally just focuses on her bust um, oh. for like an uncomfortably long period of time as well. Oh, like, that's tragic. And there's yeah. like a whole, and there's one scene in the submarine where, where like the hero guy is kind of standing there talking to her, and the entire time his eye line is like directly at her bust. That is just like so weak. Three minutes scene. <laughs> it's just the, it's, you just feel like, oh, this is like really voyeuristic and just mm -hmm. not right. Um, but it seemed like any excuse, basically. Record was surface boots, was the way to go. So, no, yeah. if, it sells, if, it, if it sells tickets, <laughs> absolutely, and it did. It did sell tickets as well. Um, yeah. It also stars Donald Pleasance, um, who I don't know if you know Donald Pleasance, but he was a, a bald actor. He was in a couple of the Bond films. He was Blofeld. Um, he was the Blofeld oh, yeah. with the cat and the scar and mm. eye. Ah, the proper cat. Blofeld, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, the real one. Not yeah. the Telly Savalas. Not the Telly Savalas Blofeld. He was good, but not as good as Donald Telly Savalas was kind of a little bit like Vin Diesel at the 70s, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> I, just, I just imagine uh, 
Vin Diesel <laughs> getting, out, getting out of the car. <laughs> Who loves your baby? <laughs> Family. <laughs> it was a, it was a, yeah, it's, it's quite a fun watch. It's a very short film, so it's only about an hour and a half from start, start way to go. Oh, yeah. So very easy watch. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's, it's good fun. Um, and Donald Pleasance plays a, um, a scientist, another scientist in it, or a doctor. Um, and as they're kind of traveling around the human body, um, one of the brilliant, what I find absolutely brilliant, in terms of like dating movies and stuff, is he's looking at maps. <laughs> she has like, uh, like a, a rack and pulls out a map and opens it up and it's like, oh, look, we're coming towards the trachea, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, oh, the pulmonary artery. And, and it's like, it puts that like map an back and pulls out another map, you know, and it's like, oh. We've entered this lower colon. Oh, right. You know. Ooh. So it's, it's, it's this kind of thing yeah. going on. Seen that. Yes. It's, it, it's starting to sound a little bit like human centipede. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not as graphic just... as that. No. Oh, um, good. No. Um, good. You never know when you need those human maps. I've got a few in my car, just in case. <laughs> you know. Thanks to the. service manual, you know. So when you go to the doctor, you've got some reference points. That's it. Um, yeah, it, look, it's, it's a fun little movie. Um, very good. Very much of its time. Um, but, yeah, you know, fair juice to it. It won two Academy Awards, was nominated for five, believe it or not. Um, what did it win for? Wow. Best Visual Effects and Best Art Direction in Colour. Um, okay. It's very... It's very Technicolor. Oh. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Floyd actually got like the influence for doing. It. You remember they did the light shows with the fairy liquid on the over. Yes, 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 yes. A lot of the effects in this were done that way. And so yeah. that's when Pink Floyd we were playing at the UFO club, and uh, the the lighting guy was playing with all that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, wouldn't be surprised. It's definitely yeah. a psychedelic influence kind of guy. Very much as well. Yeah, so that's me. Yeah, yeah fantastic voyage. Well, that was my good. movie. Yeah, that sounds trippy. Right. Is thanks, mm -hmm. Martin. That's sounds good. Sounds like it's upbeat and ready to go. Love yeah, it. Uh, now, yeah, Dave and Glenn. Any you, anyone want to go for next? Yes, it's Glenn here. Um, I've picked a film called Grand Prix, and a bloated. Let's be fair. A bloated 1966 epic film at a hundred, nearly 180 minutes long. I think it clocks in at 179. This is way too long. And <clears throat> I haven't watched it for some time. Um, and the main reason why you'd want to watch this film is probably the cinematography. Um, it is mm. utterly brilliant because what they did was they decided this is like a forerunner to Netflix Race to Survive or Drive to Survive, which has um, really made Formula One really, really popular again. Um, particularly with young ones who, oh my God, who, who like um, drama and uh, reality TV shows. So this was sort of an attempt to actually try and recreate what that feeling is around Formula One back in the 1960s. And some say this was the glory time of the Formula One racing. Others say no, because um, a lot of the drivers that you would follow every week possibly would die in the following race because um, it was pretty brutal. There was not a lot of um, safety was not, not revered as well as it probably should have been. Um, 
And so, you know, your drivers, they, they were, you know, expendable almost, um, which is a terrible thing. However, they made this film. Um, John Frankenheimer um, was the director, quite a successful director. Um, and what he was wanting to do is follow uh, about four characters over the course of a season. And to do that, they had to fit, they had to go to all of the Formula One races that year, um, or a number of them, fit state-of-the-art cameras to the cars and um, between a, a, a range of different drivers get the, to actually recreate the sort of the thrill of the racing. And look, to be fair, it stacks up still because it's no, there are no what you would call visual effects. It's all real, um, including even some, I think some of the crashes involved were shown were actually real crashes that actually occurred on the racetrack as well. Um, so really nasty stuff, eh? Um, however, it does show all of that sort of that, the racing circuits of the time, the classics like Nürburgring, which no longer exist. And there are cameo appearances and footage of all of the greats around that time, like Phil Hill, Graham Hill, um, one Manuel Fangio, Jim Clark, uh, Jochen Rint, Jack Brabham. Dan Gurney, and even Bruce McLaren, New Zealand's Bruce McLaren was in it as well. Um, so, wow. yeah, it follows um, those four drivers, fictional drivers, and their lives on and off the circuit, their rivalries, um, their girlfriends and wives who look on mostly as sort of Martin just also described in the last one, sort of really, not really, not solid roles, sort of eye candy type roles. Um, and we had uh, Eva Marie Saint and Francois Hardy, who was a French pop star um, and singer, actor. Um, so she was in this as well. So, I mean, the film, you know, it really, plot-wise, it's, I would say, pretty weak. Um, however, it is worth getting or finding it to watch the car racing from that time as a historical document. Uh, for someone who likes motorsport like myself, this was, when I watched it, was like, man, how did they even fit the cameras to these things? Um, <laughs> it was just, and the sound, the sound was epic as well. So from a technical achievement perspective in cinematography, it's amazing. Um, um, mm. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and obviously to see it on a big screen with 70 what's that 70 mil which is the big print eh? it would have been quite special however somewhat mm. tedious when you had to get through it all um yeah yeah it, it could have could have been cut quite nicely i would suspect um but yeah, yeah i think it does show a historical snapshot of the time um i think yeah. the younger drivers are in it and they're like referencing beetle records and things like that in it so mm. it really is part of that whole young people's zeitgeist of um, popular culture at the time. And it was probably the most dangerous sport around, besides mm. probably being a test pilot in a, a fighter jet or going to, as an astronaut, this was right mm. up there. Yeah. They do seem like really, like racing movies always seem kind of popular, right? They, they, they mm. kind of seem to go out of fashion. Like I saw that they're doing the Gran Turismo movie that's coming out soon. That's... Oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh dear, I wonder how bad that'll cross over. But I, I have reviewed um I have reviewed another car racing movie mm. and that was Rush. Mm. And that had um and that again followed Formula One in the seventies, um, between the great dual racing yeah. of um oh Jackie um Oh what's Jan? his name? No, no. Hunt. No, yeah. Yeah, the guy Hunt. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, and his um, epic racing. I've just lost the plot for a second here. Can't remember everybody. Yeah, um, that's all right. Yeah. Rain anyway, it back in, mate. Rain it back in. It's, uh, it's, if you're into Very motor good. racing, into history, it's fabulous. Um, but just slightly boring story. Boring storyline. Yeah. That's all right. That's good. That sounds interesting. And, it is. Uh, I, it do, is. I, do like those, I do like those movies that can capture you know especially the the trends and the fashions and the of of eras you know i quite like movies like that um dave did you get on with your movie yeah i went for something a bit different um mm. this week so i didn't pick a movie picked a television series um did look at batman but then realized we'd had been banned <laughs> all the bees had been bees. banned so <laughs> on up the alphabet to something else that was probably equally, if not more iconic, um, went on to define pop culture for generations. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Five years. They've been going on forever. I How have they made that five-year mission go so long? They're still going. Time travel? Oh, there still... was a bit of that. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So, when you, so you're going to have to get your head around this, right? So, time travel. Um, the pilots for this thing came out in uh, 64 and 65. There were two pilots for Star Trek, the television mm -hmm. series. Um, and uh, the first pilot, the cage, um, didn't have the shat. In fact, the only original cast member it had was Spock um, and <laughs> didn't go so well. It was deemed to have been too cerebral uh, for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so they thought we need to dumb this, right. this thing down. Let's get I just know I just know exactly we need we need the shat. So they got the shat in for the second pilot, uh, which is called Where No Man Has Gone Before. <laughs> and, um was there and, some sex was there some sexy alien in it? There's lots of sexy time. Uh let me get yeah. to that. Um so <laughs> It did uh, much better um, with the chat, uh, yeah. and um, in fact, most of the original cast. And then, um, and then they started filming season one in '66, um, and uh, carried on. Obviously, did well. But the first episode to ever air was uh, called "The Man Trap," and it's actually the sixth, the sixth episode to be filmed, right? But it's the first one to be aired, and it was aired the man. The Man Trap was aired on the 8th of September, 66. Um, has all the original cast in there. 
Uh, I watched it last night. There is an amazing website, listeners. I will link it in the description um, and on our Facebook page uh, where you can um, watch all of these because I guess they're kind of quite historically important archival mm. television now. So someone's gone and done all this and it's all catalogued and it's in HD and it's the original and um, you've, you've, you've got to cut, cut it a lot of slack, right? Because um, like there's some scenes, if you go and watch The Man Trap, the first one that ever aired, it, uh, it's so obvious it's in a studio with no sound absorb, absorbing walls or any acoustic sort of sound dampening equipment because they're, they're supposed to be on another planet and it sounds like they're in the toilet <laughs> <laughs> with all the echoes and reverb. It's it's so funny. And, and um, oh, yeah, talk about sexy time. Well, it, it's the man trap, right? So it's about a um, it's about a an alien that initially disguises itself as a woman, an attractive woman, but um, it, it appears to be a different thing depending on who's looking at it so it can be an attractive man and with oh was it lieutenant ohura oh yeah. yep it happens to be a black man of course nice. <laughs> so 1966 it's like yeah. when she looked at me it turned to a black man because obviously a black man would be attracted to a black woman um <laughs> and 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 for um yeah 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 and for kirk uh, she it looked like a very 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 young woman <laughs> so, yeah. for, uh, not good uh, for um who's the or spot oh, bones mccoy for bones mccoy was a much older woman <laughs> <laughs> old bones it was it was just it was like bizarre um in today's like i'm sure if i sit the kids down in fact i, I might try this over the weekend and, and sort of get them to watch it but um and see what they think it was I mean, it was of the time, but pretty cool that they've kind of catalogued it. So, um, yeah, the original episodes of Star Trek. Um... I would, I gotta say, in, in defense of Star Trek on that issue of of race, um, Star Trek was the first TV show to ever feature an interracial kiss, which was yeah. spot, um, Kirk and Uhura kiss yes, in one yes. episode. Yeah, yes, indeed. and it was revolutionary because it had a wonderful idyllic world of what you know humans could aspire to be like which is get past killing each other and explore the stars um and you oh. had that whole range of cast members and you know, had like what was there we had check off the russian guy and at the time russians were the big baddies um which was wrong um well, yeah so it was really a hilarious line in star trek 4 the voyage home where oh, check off check check off is looking <laughs> for <laughs> He's he's, he's what, a nuclear vessels or something like that. And yes. <laughs> where are the nuclear vessels? <laughs> and they're uh, they're giving him a hard time, like because he's Russian and he's asking for nuclear vessels. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, do check it out. I'll link it in the Facebook site because um, I wasn't expecting to to be able to get hold of any of this without buying the full blown bloody diehard mm. fan DVD set, right? But actually, it's all catalogued and free to air. Um, you don't have to sign up for anything. It's just press a button and you can play them. And and it's a bit of history, right? I mean, mm. geez, you know, it's 66. It's a yeah, pave the way. 
I, I always enjoyed the fact that it was always, it seemed to always come down to Kirk fist fighting an alien. I mean, they had all this tech, but it would still come down to a classic American punch shop. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. Oh, so, so silly. Spock I love the, it. Uh, Spock being a giant lizard. Um, oh, yeah. Spock yeah. being a, you know. He did have a fight with Spock once as well. There's an episode where Spock grows a goatee and becomes evil. Because there's, oh. there's, there's actually a prog band <laughs> okay. called Spock's Beard, and they're, they're fantastic. No. Um, oh, but, funny. But yeah, he just has this goatee for one episode, <laughs> and he's evil. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, from memory, I like, didn't Knight Rider do that once as well? Didn't the half like grow a goatee for one episode and become evil? <laughs> Sorry about goatees. When he fell out with, he fell out with, fell out with Kit 2000. Yeah. I think there we go. It's we've learned. Like... We've learn something all we have to do is grow a moustache or some sort of goatee and well, you're a baddie immediately well that's a and, that's a good that's a good red flag for the ladies that listen that tune into our show you know if your man's grown a goatee the warning signs are there you know he's gonna be world. trouble he's a bad <laughs> mother he's a bad, bad mother. mother just for <laughs> yeah. a day just for a day <laughs> Wow! Oh, what a, oh, thank what, a you, bomb, what a bombshell! Yeah, and that's that's a great way to wrap up this uh, first session. So fantastic for that, boys! And thank you, listeners. The we'll see you at the next show, which we're going to do some albums. <laughs> How old are we? Fourteen. <laughs> oh, David, some, look at some, David. some things editing just can't fix. Yeah. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. 